That is so Swedish. Have you heard that before? David Ludvigsen is a historian at LIU and he's here to give a few insights on what is typically Swedish and why they are. Welcome to the podcast work at LIU. My name is Priya. Welcome to work at LIU, David. Thank you. So we're going to talk about, and I find this so interesting, we're going to talk about Swedes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And we're both Swedes. And I think we have, not only us, but I think a lot of people have a, a view of Swedes. Uh, you read on the internet, you like, what do I need to know about Swedish people? Mm-hmm. And then you read a couple of things. And some things just keep on coming back, no matter where you read it. Right. So I was thinking... I'm going to say some things that might be myths, that might be true, and then you can give your insights on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Some kind of response. Some kind of response. <laughs> so, the first thing, and this is, I think, something that a lot of people think, is um, Swedes love their coffee, also known as fika. Fika. Well, like, if you want to see someone, you say, I'm going to give you a fika. Do you want to go for a fika? Mm-hmm. Is this true or not? Uh, I think it is. Um, you you know, it's uh, we know that the Swedes are among the people in the world who drink the most coffee. Uh, Why do you think uh, that is? Well, it's uh, we're not the only ones. Uh, I mean, the the I I think some of the neighboring countries, people there, like in Finland, for example, they they drink even more coffee than the Swedes do. So there's. Uh, I don't think the Swedes are odd, really. It's just that there is a coffee drinking culture um, around the world, and we're part of it. Uh, then there are variations. Um, some visitors from other countries uh, they they think the Swedes drink very strong coffee, and uh, I think that's prob- probably true because sometimes Swedes who go abroad complain that. This isn't real coffee, you mm-hmm. know. They want it stronger. So there's there are slight variations of how you have your coffee, but it's it's true that the Swedes drink a lot of coffee. Like I don't even drink coffee. Uh, I don't well, like the taste of it, and people get so surprised. They're like, "You don't drink coffee?" Well, I don't drink much coffee myself. I prefer tea personally. Yeah. Uh, but um, my, I know that. You know, my my father used to say that he he learned to drink coffee before he had milk. Oh wow! Uh, so, to uh, an older generation, drinking coffee was you know it it, it came uh, as a natural part of their upbringing. Can it be like you gather around a cup of coffee? Because I know even if um, if I go out to have a fika with friends, mm-hmm. or if uh, say one of my kids' birthdays and Um, but fika is basically that's what you do, and then there's always coffee. It's like a thing to gather around. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's yeah, sure. I mean, actually, the word fika that's that's quite funny. You know, um, most people say that fika actually means coffee. Uh, it started with the word coffee, and then uh, for the fun of it, that's the back slang version of coffee. You take. Uh, the word reversed, so you would say not coffee, but uh, fika, fika. 
So yeah. that's how it started. And there's a version of it in French as well. So um, that's probably where that word came from. It came from coffee to begin with. Um, but, um, I mean, it's it's become an important social institution in Sweden uh, to meet, to have a break uh, from some kind of activity. I mean, if you go to church, after church, uh, you will meet and have a cup of coffee. Um, and um, um, if you meet with French, you'll sit down and have a cup of coffee. And in a workplace, in most workplaces, I think, it's uh, it's an accepted and and expected kind of routine that you meet uh, for a cup of coffee sometime in the morning sometime in the afternoon and that's that's uh, i mean it's also completely accepted by the employers um and um well i think that the acceptance in workplaces for people to uh, to gather you know to have that break it probably has to do with you know the expectation that to sit down uh, for a bit of small talk it will um, help to create good relations uh, good relationship if, if people enjoy being in the workplace it'd be good for for the workplace yeah so fika that's like that's what we do no, no. matter it doesn't matter if you drink coffee or tea no it's a fika no. It's a fika. You can have a cup of coffee. You can have, uh, I mean, children will probably have something else. Um, it could be a, a, a cold kind of drink, um, actually. And it could be with a cookie, a small cookie. Uh, or kanelbulle. Or a kanelbulle. Very Swedish. Um, so it's the, the expression, I think, uh, there are connotations to the expression fika that... Um, I would say if if I used the word fika with my kids, they would expect not a sandwich but a cookie. <laughs> yeah. uh, so they would be angry with me if I make sandwiches and say they call it fika because they say, <laughs> no, that's not fika. <laughs> yeah, fi- yeah, with kids it's different. Uh, so fika, that's one thing about Swedes that's... Uh, I can't stop thinking about the, the cinnamon buns now. Now we've talked about fika for so long. Mm-hmm. But fika is like a Swedish institution. That's yeah. at work or if you're studying or even if you just go out with friends, you take a fika basically. Mm-hmm. A coffee, tea, something that just a social thing to do. Right. Yeah. So another thing you can read about Swedes is that uh, we queue a lot. Like get in line and you do not cut that line. Like anywhere you go, you can see like Swedes lining up. Mm-hmm. And it's not um, like my parents are Indian. Right. There's no queue system. If if we go to weddings and you want to have food, uh, you stand in the queue. And if you don't cut the line, people think there's something wrong with you. And for me being... Uh, brought up in Sweden, when I first started noticing that people were cutting the line, I was like, what are you doing? We're standing in a line. Even when I go to India, mm-hmm. I stand in, in like a line and people are like, just if you want something, just walk forward. Is there a difference between Swedes and other cultures when it comes to queuing? Um, perhaps there is. I'm not sure. You know, when I went to school and started studying English, you know, which is a obviously a, an important subject in school, we learned that people in the United Kingdom, that they stand in line. That was something we were taught as being different from what the Swedes did. 
so I never thought, you know, of Swedes as people standing in line. That's something other people do. Of course, we stand in lines, um, but I don't think it's, you know, typically Swedish. On the other hand, um, there are, you know, a number of indications suggesting that Swedish people um, enjoy rationality, uh, order, and I know there have been, you know, a number of theories uh, proposed for explaining why that is the case. Um, one being, you know, it has to do with climate, that, that in order to survive uh, the harsh winters, people simply had to be very careful with organizing, um, you know, farming, uh, routines, things like that. So it's, uh, I don't know if that would make Sweden different from other countries, uh, but perhaps there is an, uh, some kind of truth to it. Um, there is another suggestion that I've heard, uh, and that has to do with um, with primary school. Okay. Uh, that there is such a there, that there has been such a strong routine in primary school that the kids are supposed to you know pair up, form a neat line, and and when everyone learns to do that, it becomes part of culture. Uh, you get you get accustomed to it, um, but I think standing in a line in school that's something children do in other countries as well. Yeah. So I have I find it hard to say this is typically Swedish. Perhaps it is more Swedish than I real than I realize. Uh, but but it's I, not I, something that stands out. To me, it does not, and it's as I said. Uh, a few minutes ago, I think that, you know, as I learned as a child, this is something they do in Britain, you know. Yeah. I never thought of it as being typically Swedish. But um, uh, perhaps we we tend to accept uh, rules, certain rules, and find it rational. It yeah. could be. Could be. Yeah. So that's not typically Swedish, but one thing that might be typically Swedish and we'll see what you say uh, and which is one of like the biggest issues in Swedish society gender equality mm-hmm. is that is that we fight for gender equality like you read about it everywhere uh, even like when it comes to maternity and paternity leave it's supposed to be equal and we have all these incentives in society that is supposed to help with the gender equality Even if you read a job ad, you'll see that we do not look at gender and things like that. So is gender equality something that stands out uh, in Sweden and and when it comes to Swedes? Uh, I think it does. I think it does. And um, there are, I think, uh, you know, lots of things could be said about this, of course. I think, you know, I'm an historian and... If, if we spoke of, you know, the introduction of um, uh, voting rights, for example, um, Swedish women were allowed to 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 vote, to participate in, in voting, roughly at the same time as as women in uh, countries around Sweden. So the, it doesn't stand out in that sense. 
Um, I mean, when women were allowed as students in university, that's something that also happened in a number of other countries. So still, you know, again, Sweden does not stand out. Um, still, I think there is a relatively strong tradition um, and we could point to a number of laws throughout the 20th century in Sweden, in Swedish society, that have given husband and wife equal responsibilities, equal rights. Uh, and all these laws have established you know, women as legally independent in relation to the state. Um, you know, it is in this country. It is individuals that pay tax. Individuals have insurance, um, and when it comes to um, parental leave that you mentioned, uh, it is an individual right. It's not the right of the mother. It's the right of the mother and the father to um, to spend time with their child. Um, but I think, you know, with this, recognizing this tradition throughout the 20th century and actually even before that, um, there is there was something very interesting happened in the 1960s and 70s. Because in the 1960s and 70s and, and in the 80s as well, there were a large number of state commissions that you know, produced reports on gender issues. There were around 150 commission reports on gender issues in these 30 years. So there's a generation there that, you know, made active politics uh, uh, that related to gender. So I think it is, a, you know, to understand um, the role of gender equality in Sweden today, we should recognize both the tradition and the fact that there were, there's been a period of a, now it's you know for the last 50 or 60 years where gender um, issues have been at the core of politics and i th i find that is so interesting that it it is actually like what you say it's like politics um, people are fighting for this and even though I think a lot of people see us as a very equal country but we we still have a long way to go that we don't give up on the fact n not just saying like okay we have these rules and regulations now that's fine but we still keep fighting for gender equality of course I mean this is this is a, a challenge that remains with us but um, what's what's uh, what's perhaps a bit unique with Sweden is that from the 1960s and 70s, um, uh, quite a few politicians, and not least female politicians, have you know taken such a strong interest in gender equality um, as as a perspective on society, and that's you know that in practical terms. Um, you know, providing daycare day for children, for example, that's that's been a practical measure that that helped women with children to go to work. Uh, so it's practical politics, and these practical politics uh, relating to gender have have been you know active 
uh, f- for quite a long time now. Yeah. Yeah. So gender equality, um, I'm fighting for it. Quite Swedish and uh, something we're very proud of. I think we should be very proud of it. Yeah, I think up. so. Yeah. So from from gender equality to something totally different, mm-hmm. there is a Swedish word. I don't think there's an equivalent in like any other language. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know every language, but the word lagom. What is lagom? Well, <laughs> <laughs> lag- I find it very like typically Swedish. Yeah. Lagom. It. Uh, Yeah, it's a Swedish word. I think, I don't know all other (laughs) languages either. I think there are probably equivalents to that word in other languages. Um, But it's a a word that every Swede would recognize. Um, It tells you that something is just right, um, but it's, it's moderate. It's not a very strong word it's not strongly negative or strongly positive it's just somewhere in between um, actually as a word its origin is um, has to do with common sense law okay uh, so it's uh, law as log yeah um, and um, it's um, you know it's 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 a widely considered ideal in Sweden, or at least used to be, to be modest, um, to avoid the extremes. If you if you if you want a cup of coffee, uh, and uh, you know the person give, offering you the coffee asks, you know, is it too hot? Is it too cold? And you say, no, it's lagom. It's you know, it's just right. It's uh, it's suitable. It's there's a uh, there's a connotation of appropriateness, I think, um, which doesn't necessarily say it's perfect but it's it's fine something like that would you say that that kind of reflects because i'm thinking like a lot of people say sweden is landet lagom the country mm-hmm. lagom mm-hmm. uh would is that a reflection of swedes as well that it's we're <laughs> I'm, not, i'm saying we're just right no but like we're not <laughs> extreme in any in any way like we're, Oh, I We're think kind of modest and I think I think Sweden is an extreme country. Yeah. In 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 some ways it it actually seems to be extreme, but uh, what I think uh the word lagom uh, suggests is that to the people living here this is fine. Uh, so to people in other cultures lagom is something else. I mean, what's the norm here? The norm is something like this, you know. Um Um, what used to be lagom in Sweden probably is not lagom anymore. Okay. Uh, in some ways, uh, I mean, if if we if we um, think of capitalism transforming the country, um, immigration transforming the population, of course, values are, are constantly changing, um, life conditions are constantly changing, etc. So, so. You know, in um, speaking about coffee, whether it's too hot or too cold, lagom still works well there. But in other ways, I think lagom. Uh, you know, if if we would speak of norms, then uh, norms do change, so lagom has to change with it. Yeah, in, that, that's quite interesting, actually. Mm-hmm. 
another thing I think Swedes are known for uh, is um, informality. If you were, say you were my boss or you're my professor, mm-hmm. uh, I... I I probably wouldn't say uh, Mr. or uh, Professor Ludvigson or something like that. I would say, hey, David, and things like that. Is that okay? Are we informal? Um, I, I would say uh, th- the way of, uh, sp- uh, you know, w- what names, what titles you would use speaking to other people, uh, there is an informal norm uh, that the Swedes have had for about 50 years. Um, Actually, historically, you know, this, um, in the older society, Sweden was a class-based society, just as other, many other countries. And so there were very complex rules for uh, linguistic etiquette, you know, exactly how should you say approaching this or that person. And sometimes, uh, when you didn't know each other, it would be wrong. So people could, you know, I mean, you would make mistakes. Everyone would make mistakes. And some people might take offense. Um, in the 1960s, there was a very strong political vision of equality. And as part of that that vision, there was actually, this is very famous in Swedish, there was a new, an incoming director general of the public health board who announced officially that when he took his office, he would address all the employees at, um, you know, at the workplace with their first name. And he expected that they would use his first name speaking back. Um, and this was, I mean, this was, uh, all the newspapers wrote about it, and the prime minister started doing the same. Okay. So this happened in the, li- in the late 1960s, and I think it, it reflects some of the spirit of the 1960s, uh, when equality was an important issue. Um, not just in Sweden, but in, in Sweden it had this very special, specific effect. So also teachers in school would start, uh, you know, telling the children to use um, first name when speaking back to the teacher. Uh, So we've had it for about 50 years. Yeah, because and and what you're saying, like in school, I know I talk to my teachers, um, I just call them by the first name. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I know there are some international schools uh, where you actually say Mr. and Miss still. Yes, that's right. And that's... I don't think still. I think that is something that that, has That's what you do. Yes, but it's not still. It has been been, introduced. Okay. It has been reintroduced with the appearance of those schools. Like there are English-speaking schools that used to not be any such schools. When these schools were started... Um, they decided in this school this will be the norm. Yeah. And I think it, ha- it it all has to do with norms. I mean, if we used the word du, which is thou, um, instead of ni, um, this is something that could change. And actually there has been a discussion in the last um, 20 or 30 years that there are young people who would use the word ni instead of du, uh, trying to be polite, uh, whereas old people 
who would you know <laughs> who would hear that they would almost take offense because they would they would not um, think of politeness they would think of an older kind of society where they would feel inferior yeah. uh, and they would be expected to use uh, another kind of linguistic etiquette so um, using the word do to everyone and using their first names that's I mean it, it has it has to do with the generation um, that um, you know puts equality above everything else yeah um, so expect it, like what if you come change. to Sweden expect people to be informal and uh-huh. it, and, and not and it's not something personal if you don't, if you're not called mr miss or well, because we should, that's not what we do no but. i mean you should make a distinction i think between what is personal and what is private yeah um we can use um first names uh but it doesn't mean you have to be private exactly that, that and that's a really good thing to say even like at the fika so you mm-hmm. say i'm be a bit personal uh, talk about what you did during the weekend. You don't have to go into like detail and be no. private. Just say, "Oh, no. I went for a run," yeah, and that's fine. But then you don't have to say, "I spent time with this person and I did this with my kids." No one expects no, that. No, no, uh, exactly. I mean, it's uh, uh, you shouldn't mistake the usage of first name for you know someone trying to be very private with you. It's it's more of a person personal uh, norm, yeah. you could say. Perhaps. One last thing uh, mm-hmm. that I've read about Swedes, and uh, I don't know if I can relate to this because I have friends in like both both ends of this. Swedes are never late. Are we on time? <laughs> I don't like. I have friends that who are like. It's, if I say four o'clock, I know they won't be there until four thirty, and to me that's annoying because if someone says four o'clock to me, I'm I'm there, like yeah. just before four. Um, I yeah. but I don't know. Well, uh, I mean, you just said you would be you would feel annoyed if they don't show up at four, <laughs> yeah. um, even though you realized. But I also perhaps. love to stand in a queue, so I mean, it okay. could be the, the sense of yeah, order well, that I have. I I don't know if it's true to everyone. I think that perhaps again norms are changing. I mean, now we've had mobile phones for about twenty years. And if you're late, you can always phone and uh, you know say, "I'll be with you in half an hour." But before these phones arrived, you would have to. I mean, it'd be more important, perhaps. Um, well, to me, uh, it's just speculation. I, I, uh, I think that you know Sweden was a very heavily industrialized country for a large portion of the 20th century. Uh, you had to be in time when the factory whistle blow uh, in order to keep your job. Um, you had to be in time going to school uh, or perhaps you'd get a flogging. Uh, you were expected by everyone to be in time for church uh, in the days when everyone was expected to go to church uh, every Sunday. So, so there are, you know, there are uh, social expectations. Uh, to what extent that makes Sweden different from other countries, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, 
the big scale industrialization that's the only thing i really think of you know but i don't think that would make sweden very different from other western european countries perhaps it would make a difference if you compare sweden to countries in other parts of the world oh yeah that Indian were not standard time that, that's like uh, that were not as as heavily industrialized yeah. because then it wouldn't become a general expectation that it's important to i mean to, to walk at dawn to be in time at the factory gates uh, so it might have to do with the industrialization to an extent i don't know so maybe more european than like swedish the timing thing I would West think European. so, but then again, I mean, we we mentioned that Swedes perhaps tend to like or respect rationality and order. It could be something having to do with that, but it it would be an element. I think yeah. the, the main um, the main tendency I think is similar in the neighboring countries. Okay. We'll never know, but. Be on time. Yeah. <laughs> just be on. If you're going to meet me, just be on time, <laughs> so I won't get annoyed. It doesn't matter if you send me a text because I've already, um, I'm already there probably. Anyway, we have to round this up. But I just like one last question: Is there anything else you would like to say about Sweden and the Swedes uh, that we haven't already said? Well, I think that you know what has created the the values and the norms in Sweden. Um, is on the one hand it's 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 constantly changing but i think it's rooted in in a country that has experienced peace for a very long time there have been no civil wars here for a very very long time um it's you know in in the world value survey that has compared the norms and values in countries around the world sweden stands out as a very secularized country and i think that also might play a part in in you know when we try to understand uh, why swedes are the way they are um, uh, there's one more thing i'd like to add and that is that politically uh, sweden was extremely stable for a large part of the 20th century um staying out of the second world war um the economy went well um the social democratic party which was linked to the labor movement formed the government for about 50 years in a row um and um, this meant that you know to a large part of the population people uh, people liked the government they thought it was their government uh so i mean in corona virus times you think you know what are the relationship between the population and the government and the government authorities and i think that might be something odd about sweden that the swedes um seem to you know have have some faith in the government uh we shouldn't over exaggerate this of course but i think that um um there might be something special there yeah i think you're right i think you're right 
Thank you, David, for talking to me today. It's been so interesting to get like the a historical aspect of different views. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes you just hear things and you're like, yeah, we like fika. Of course we do. Lagom. Of course it's lagom. But to actually get maybe a bit of a background to why things are the way they are in Sweden. So thank you very much for talking to me today. Thank you. You have listened to work at LIU with me, Priya Eklund, and today's guest, David Ludvigsen. We will be back with more episodes, so keep a lookout.